Absolutely. So let's get this right because yep. I'm listen. I'm excited about let's this. Go. I was up after let's you go. had fallen asleep last night. I was reading through these notes again because I was like, baby, I don't have a quit in me. Yeah, I like that. I don't, I don't have, have a quit, quit in me. I, I love that. And All I right? don't have a quit in me because the word of God anchors my soul. The word, and, and, yes. and, I, and when the word of God anchors your soul, which is your mind, your will, your emotions, your imagination, and your intellect, even though things are going around you that are crazy and you could quit, there's just no quit in you. The word is what anchors you and keeps you going. Yes. And so let's just jump into this teaching. I pray this morning, but let's pray for the people and then, <laughs> and then, we'll, and then we'll get into this. So All right. Ahead. Most gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we give you praise with much thanksgiving. You told us in Matthew 13 that anytime we can see, hear, and understand that we would be converted yes. and we would be healed. And so, yes. Holy Spirit, you told us in Ephesians 1 that we could pray that the eyes of our understanding would be enlightened. So, according to those two scriptures, we pray over everyone watching and everyone who will watch, and we declare that our eyes are open to see what heaven is doing. Yes. Our ears are open to hear what you are saying and our hearts are open to receive and that we are people who not only see, hear and understand, but once we see, hear and understand, we are quick to believe and obey. We are a people who are quick to believe and obey. You said that anytime the word goes forth, there will be signs, wonders and miracles. So I thank you for the supernatural breakthrough that's attached to this word and that your people will be a demonstration of the glory of God through the othermost parts of the earth. In Jesus name. In amen. Jesus name. Amen. So amen. Let's, let's talk about this whole idea of overcoming the temptation to quit. quit. Come on. Because, because you're going to get a chance to talk about what temptation is. And I think it's going to tie this together because it's not just the idea of, of people being lazy, but there, there, there isn't. We have an adversary who wants to see us give up. We have an adversary who wants to see us cave in and he wants to see us to quit. And he knows that because we are in Christ, he can't make us do it. We have to yield that. And yeah. so I was reading uh, as we, as, and I thought, you know, I was looking for a scripture to really kind of get us started. And I, and I Isaiah went back 41? to Isaiah no, I'm 40, reading 41 it. and 10. Okay, I'm, I'm, read, I'm reading read Isaiah 41 and 10. Listen, listen. <laughs> it says, do not fear anything, anything. for I am with you. Yes. Do not be afraid, yes. for I am your God. I. The Lord God. God. Yes. We'll I put it on my comment last we'll night. I said, do not fear anything for I am with you. Sign God. Sign right. God. Do not fear anything for I am with you. Do not be afraid for I am your God. Yes. I will strengthen you. Yes. Be assured. Be assured. Be assured. Yes. I will help you. Yes. I will certainly take hold of you with my righteous right hand and hand yes. of justice of power, of victory, and, and of salvation. salvation. Now, yes. let me tell y'all something. Yes. Right now, you ought to yes. be ready to take off running. <laughs> right now, God you ought to be ready. Right Listen, where you are. This one scripture can change your life. It, it actually has changed our life. <laughs> yes. It so, will. So we've all had times where we felt discouraged. Yes. We've all felt the temptation yes, to have. quit. We have all felt the pressure of life. And when we feel that, we need to realize Come that on. more likely than not, My we God. are closer to breakthrough than we have ever been. That's why he applies the pressure. Yes. He wants you to give yes. up and quit. Yes. The Bible tells us not to be ignorant of Satan's devices. Mm -hmm. So we need to understand that his strategy is to use discouragement. It is to use pressure. It is to use our circumstances yep. to get us to quit yep. because he cannot stop us from having the victory God has given to us unless 
we quit. Yes. That is why it's so powerful that she said, there is no, quit, no quit in me. me. Yes. There is no quit in me. We use a scripture like Isaiah 41 and 10 to push quit out of mm -hmm. us. To push quit out of us. I would challenge many of you, take this scripture, just this one scripture, yep. meditate on it four, five, six times seven, a day. And what you're going to find yes. is that your soul is going to begin to get anchored. And when bills come in, bills that would have you nervous, make you have a headache, have you not sleeping at night, your kids acting crazy, whatever, you would be like, I don't fear anything. Yeah. Why do I not fear anything? Because yeah. God is yeah. with me. There's no quit in me. There is no quit in and me. And we have to understand that the enemy uses discouragement as a trick. Yes. He wants there to be a enough discouragement. He wants there to be enough disappointment. He wants there to be enough pain associated with something not working out for you so that he can get you to forfeit the thing that God has given you. Because what God has promised is already there. We've spent months talking about that. What God has promised us already belongs to us. You may not see it in the natural, but if you've laid hold to it by faith, the Bible says you have the title deed to it. It means I own whatever it is God has promised me. The only way that I let go of it is I get discouraged and I let go. You need to understand the discouragement for the trick of the enemy it is. Mm. It is designed to make you say God is lying. Yes, yes. Discouragement is designed now to make you us, back up off of the word God has given you. Now, most of us, especially if you grew up in the South, you never go tell an elder that they're lying. Right. But we all remember those times where your mama would say, are you, you calling me a lie? Are you calling me a lie? And you, my, you, if you were smart, you wouldn't say yes because you wanted to still breathe. But in your heart, you believe she was lying. Mm -hmm. Discouragement is designed to cause you to believe God is lying in your heart, even if you won't say it out of and, your mouth. And, and here's the here's the reason, though, it's designed to get into your heart. The Bible says out of the abundance of the heart, your mouth will speak. If yes. you can get discouragement into your heart, it is a it is it is a law that it will come out of your mouth. Yes. So, so it may not be that you want to say it, but if you get filled in your heart with discouragement in times of pressure, it will come out of you in the same way that if you take an orange and you squeeze it, the only thing that can come out of that orange is orange juice. Because that is why we press to believers to get in the word yes. because the only thing that can come out of you yes. is what's in you. That's right. So if there is no word in you, if if all if you think let, let me help you guys, you are not going to have a good life just because you are a good person. There are lots of good people who are going through on every hand. Yep. Life, the, being a believer does not exempt you from life circumstances, right? So the enemy's going to come. He's going to try you. He's going to test you. His desire is to get enough discouragement on the inside of you that literally you will in your heart begin to say that God is a liar. And then it translates on the outside with things like this. Maybe this church stuff ain't working. Yeah. Maybe the word doesn't really work. Maybe I'm always going to be struggling. Maybe I'm maybe God doesn't want to do it for me. Right. But the Bible tells us that God uses trouble to mature us and to train us. He doesn't send it no, to us, no. but he uses this weapon of the enemy to destroy us, to train us. The Bible tells us to let faith have, let patience have her perfect work. That word patience it's is consistency. consistency. So let I'm going to learn how to be both so excited this yeah. morning. It's, oh, a, good it's a good teaching. Because here's the thing. There are times as pastors, right, that the Lord will give us a word where we have to instruct the people. 
Then there are times he'll give us a word where we have to correct the people. But then there's a time where he gives us word where we get to encourage the people. And this is one of those Sundays where we are literally just wanting to encourage you, not because we don't have anything better to do and we just want to be rah, 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 but because we understand that people live in this world and this world is designed to beat us up. But we also know that God's word is designed to lift us up. I love what, I love Cynthia, I love what Cynthia Jackson said just a few moments ago. She was talking about when her mother died. She said someone, Courtney Barnes, I believe, introduced her to FOC. She said, and you guys disciplined me, taught me how to decree and declare. She said, and baby, I will not quit. That, that To me, that is that is, that is is the payment for what we do. Yes. When I get payment. to see someone says who, I am not going to quit. And you know, I have to say this because it's always important when we get to this. I need everybody to understand this. No one wants their mother nope. to pass. And God's not killing people's parents or their children or their loved ones. He's not doing that. But in the cycle of life, yes, you are supposed to bury your parents. Your parents. Your parents are not supposed to bury you. That's right. And we've been teaching this for over 15 yep. years. In the black community, we are so quick to have this mindset that says, I can't live. If my mama don't live, right. you're supposed to live without your yep. mama because your mama lived yep. without you. That is the cycle of life. So if you are a person right now that meditates and says, I don't know how I'll make it if my mama die, if my daddy die, if my spouse die, you need to dig that up because yes. the enemy is planning it in yes. your heart yes. so that if you are in a situation and it's something happens you are not going to be able to stand that's right you need to understand the cycle of the life is that in the pro in in the ideal world parents pass that's first right. that's, that's right. what's, supposed, that's to what's supposed to happen and i don't say that to be insensitive i say that so the enemy cannot manipulate you and torment you and have you not enjoying mother's day and the fourth yep. of july and thanksgiving and christmas because you've decided you can't live without your mom Absolutely. at some point everybody is supposed to live without yep. their mom yep. and it's just the facts yep. right that's right yes that's right so Praise God. Praise God. So again, we talk about getting over that discouragement. He mm -hmm. uses it as a trick, right? God tells us to use trouble to mature us. Yes. So this morning, we want to talk about some ways some in ways. which we can overcome this temptation to quit. Number one, we got to learn to persevere. We must learn we to persevere. We must learn to persevere. If we learn to persevere, we will reap. The Bible says that to faint is to give up, is to cave in, it is to quit. And God promises that if we refuse to faint, that the time will come when we can reap a harvest of blessings. I, 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 I keep thinking back to the prophecy when he says, hold on to the words which I have given you. Hold on to the words which I have given you that you've used to guide you through this year. He says, stand firm and be prepared to receive all that I will reveal to you. Why? Because he doesn't want us to faint. He knew that there would be opportunities to faint. It's like a parent. When you tell your parent, when you tell your kids and they're leaving the house, hey, be safe. You're telling them to be safe because you know there's opportunity for them not to be safe. When he tells us don't faint, he's telling us that because why? There's, there's opportunities, opportunities to, to faint. faint. And so the Bible is rich with a word talking about how do we mm. persevere. Uh, and it says, Galatians 6 and 9 in the King James says, so, let, so let's not get tired of doing what is good. Uh, at just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessings if we don't give up. The New Living Translation says it like this. So let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessings if we don't give up. And then Galatians 6, 9, the Amplified says, and let us not lose heart. I like that. Let one. us not lose and heart. And don't let us grow weary 
and faint how in acting nobly and doing right. He says, I know it's people all around you who who filling out for the PPP and, and, and they're getting it illegally. And it seems like they're prospering where, where you're following the rules and you're not getting the money and, and maybe you're struggling more than you would like to be struggling. He says, don't get weary while you're doing the noble and the right thing. He says, hang on. Don't give up. He says, for in due season and at the appointed season, you're going to reap. It says, if we do not loosen and relax our courage and faint. You know why I love this translation right here? People don't realize this. Faith is not passive. Faith is aggressive. It's aggressive. Faith is violent. Yes. When we talk about, you think about it, if you grab somebody yes. and they say, don't loosen your hold, yeah. right? That means I'm not going to let go of what God said. Yep. This is why people who really walk by faith always look crazy to everybody sure. else. Because Even it, because people in so, church. Yes, absolutely. Because we don't let go. We set our face like flint yep. and we don't let go. Yes. And we literally use the word of God to pull out of eternity into time what God has said. Now I want to say this, Lali, La, La she said that her husband passed of COVID in January. Okay, and so we just, we're, we're so sorry to hear that. And so we want to pray and agree with you that the peace of God yes. would operate in your life. Yes. The supernatural peace of God, not the natural peace, but the supernatural, supernatural peace of God and the the, and that you would grieve in a healthy way, but that the spirit of grief would not overtake you and cause you to cave Amen. in and quit. Amen. So we release our faith yes. with you for that. And we are so sorry yep. that that happened yes. to you. Yes. Amen. And, and, and again, here's another scripture that can, she, she might can hold on to for that. We, it's, it's, it's one of the scriptures that the Lord gave us for our uh, word. He gave us in November of 2020 mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. is first Corinthians 15 and 58. It says, therefore, my beloved brothers and sisters, with all we have going for us. And it may not seem like we have a lot going for us, but if you think about it, I tell people all the time, you can throw a rock and find a hundred people who will trade places with you. No matter how bad you think your life is, you can find somebody who will be happy to trade their life for yours right now. He says, therefore, my beloved brothers and sisters, with all we have going for us, be ye steadfast. Be what? Unmovable, secure, and firmly planted. In other words, he says, you got to learn to persevere. You got to learn how to tarry through some things. He says, live your lives. How? With an unshakable confidence, always abounding in the work of the Lord. In other words, always doing what God's told you to do. Always. That's, that's that word patience, which means what? Consistency. 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 Mm -hmm. He says, so here, live your lives with an unshakable confidence, always abounding in your consistent work of the Lord. For we know that we prosper and excel in every season. Somebody ought to give God some praise for yeah, that. Yeah, every season. We prosper and we excel in every season. How? By serving the Lord. Because we are assured, there's that word again, assured that our union with the Lord, <clears throat> excuse me, makes our labor productive and not a waste of time. That word assured is the same word that he used in Isaiah 40, 
uh, 1 and 10, when he says to us that he will strengthen us, he says, be assured I will help you. Yes. Now, listen, when I was studying this last night, I was thinking about this because many people, you read this and you say, well, how do I do this? Mm -hmm. If um, James 1 says, if anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. So if I were you and you say, I want to know how to do this, I would take this scripture and sit before the Lord. And I would say to the Lord right here, I would say, Lord, you said that I need to be steadfast, unmovable, secure and firmly planted. How do I do that? And the Bible says that when you ask God, that he will give you liberally. In other words, he'll give give you more than you need to know. He he will give you liberally. He'll give you more than you need to know how to be steadfast, unmovable, secure, and firmly planted. You a lot like the Lord. I I give you more than what you ask for. Like whenever you have to leave us to Uh do something, you give us you give us way more instructions than we actually needed to get the job done. We appreciate you for it. So that you never come up lacking. So you never come up lacking. That's what God does. But I want to say this. There are times in the past where you write all those instructions out and we think we don't need all that. And then something happens. And then you need all and that. And then we need all of it. So that. when God gives you more, don't throw it away. Hold on to it. Hold on Use to it. Use what you need then, but hold on to every word because God doesn't mince words. If he gives you an instruction, you may not see the need for it today, but I guarantee you it's going to come up and you're going to need it. Oh, yes, baby. So what we're asking God to do is we're asking God to teach us to be steadfast, yes. to teach us to be unmovable. Yes. For some of you, that may look like God saying to you, you spend too much time on social yeah. media. You spend too much time reading the newspaper. What I need you to do is to dig into the word. Yes, I know you use the Bible app, but the Bible app reading one scripture and a devotional isn't anchoring right. you. It isn't. There's a friend you don't need to talk to. Sometimes the Lord will say things to you like this. Don't answer the phone right now. Don't talk to this person about this problem because they don't have a solution for you. And then what is this going to do? As we follow his instructions, it's going to build an unshakable yes. confidence in yes. us. I want you to put this in the comments. Say, Lord, make me unshakable. Yes. Come on. Type that in the comments. Lord, about 85 of y'all. make me unshakable. Lord, make me unshakable. Lord, make me unshakable. Don't let me be the kind of believer that trusts you and believe yeah. in your goodness when everything is going good. But if I get a little sickness, a bad report, a job, now I'm wondering where you are. Make me unshakable. And God gives us a contemporary in, in, in scripture to show us that. He talks about Abraham. And he, talk, he said Abraham did not stagger in his unbelief, but he was faithful to God. That he, God made him unmovable. Why? Because he was so uh and ingratiated in what God had said that no matter what was going on around him, he just kept believing God. Well, what it tells us something very powerful in Romans 4 about why Abraham was able to do that. If you want to be unshakable in your faith, stop looking at yourself. Yes, yes. Stop looking at your yes. circumstances and look at God. Yep. The indication to whether you're going to live life being unshakable is based on what are you looking at? What's coming into your eye gate? What's coming into your ear gate? Because that's getting in your heart. So when you're in a pressure situation, so for some of you, you may need a new job. You may need more money. You may have a health challenge. This is not the time for you to be sitting up reading the unemployment report. That's right. This is the time for you to be reading the scriptures that are telling you that God is your source and he provides for you. Why? Because that leads us right into point two. 
Number one is about perseverance. Yes. We're gonna we're gonna persevere. We are we're gonna become un unshakable. We are an unshakable. So we don't people. give into this next thing. So we don't give into this next thing. Because the next thing, the next strategy of the enemy mm -hmm. is temptation. It's temptation. Well, let's talk about what temptation is. Come on. Temptation is a strong desire. My Did y'all notice that? Strong. If, if you if you should write it down and underline strong. Because it's, it's not sounds, just it, it a sounds, desire. It sounds a little like it's a little tempting. No, no. Temptation comes strong. It's a strong desire for a wrongful pleasure. Mm. That offers a temporary escape. I wish we could underline temporary. Oh God. Because you think it's an escape, but what is it? It's just a it's a temporary, temporary escape from an agonizing emotion. My God. Temptations test our faith and give us an opportunity to employ patience. I want you to know when you see the word patience, we mean <laughs> we consistency. The Bible consistency. means consistency. Now I want to go back to this definition because this really blessed me. I was thinking about this. I'm going to use a subject. It might be a little touchy, but I feel like the Lord gave it to me. All right. So when we talk about the issue of marijuana, mm -hmm. we know that marijuana is good at, at dealing with physical pain. Mm -hmm. Right. Yep. There is nothing wrong with using marijuana for physical pain, mm -hmm. but marijuana used for mental pain is only a temporary escape yes. from an agonizing emotion. Yep. There is a difference between a physical pain. There's no different than taking Tylenol, than taking any of the, you know, the heavier yeah. drugs. Yeah, the same, because I don't want nobody writing in talking about, Pastor said we could smoke weed. What she said was, there is a purpose for marijuana if you have physical ailments in your body and a medical professional is prescribing it for you in the same way they will provide pain medication for you. But if you're using it to medicate yourself because of your soul issues, because of your mental state, we're saying that's unhealthy. We are because temptation is a strong desire for a wrongful pleasure. Why is it a wrongful pleasure? Because I want you to understand Come on. it's not a wrongful pleasure that you don't want to be in pain. It is a wrongful pleasure because God has told you he is the key to shifting on, our pain. Come on, come on. And you are now trying to use a drug or alcohol or sex or smoking cigarette to get a temporary yes. escape instead of walking through with the From Lord. An agonizing emotion. It's an agonizing emotion. Yes. So you feel rejected. Yep. You feel depressed. You don't feel you love. Feel, don't, you don't feel love. You didn't get the job. You didn't get the job. The relationship broke up. Yes. So now you use this external thing yes. to try to escape a temple an agonizing emotion but it's just temporary, it's just temporary. where the lord is saying bring me your pain yes. bring, I, come, on. come on i tell tell your neighbor the Say, word is the word is filled with scriptures to tell us exactly that he's saying bring me your pain let's make an exchange you got heartache bring me heartache i give you joy bring me your heartache Stop trying to cover it up. Bring me the rejection. Bring me the offense. Bring it to me so you can stop needing something external to try to give you freedom. Yes. Everybody hear this. I want you to hear this. I don't care what the world tells you. There is no freedom outside of Christ. Mm -hmm. There is no freedom outside of Christ. You can do all of these other things and have some temporary joy. But at the end of the day, Christ died to set you free, not for you to live in pain management. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen. So now John 6, 66 through 68, 
It says when temptation comes, because this is what happens mm -hmm. when temptation comes. Mm -hmm. It said from that time, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. And then Jesus said to the 12, will you also go away? Mm -hmm. Then Simon Peter, I love Simon yeah, Peter. He's one too. of my favorite disciples. Too. Simon Peter said, Lord, Lord. <laughs> To whom shall we go? I mean, if we're going to leave you. Where are we going? Who else is going to do what going? you can do? Where are we going? And that's the question. I, I, I often, You know, I struggle when people be talking about how they're offended with God. I'm like, if you're offended with God, who's your last resort? Where are you, you going? Wh wherever you go, you're going to be without. How are you offended with perfection? He says, where are you going to go? Some of you have never made a decision that you don't care what happens. You are never falling out with God. My God. Some of you need to make a decision right now. I don't care what happens. I'm sticking with him because he has eternal life. I mean, that's what it said. It says, he said, some Peter said, Lord, to whom shall we go? Who, where, where we Thou going? hast the word. You got the word. What you have gives us eternal life. Not, not just life here on the ground while we're still around, but your words are going to perpetuate us into eternity. You know what I really love about this? Because it tells us the importance of the word. Yes. He didn't say you have fish and bread. No. He didn't say you have miracles. No. He didn't say you have power. A babies, said, or houses, or planes, or trains. He <laughs> said you have the word. The word. We have to give the proper attention to the word. Yes, ma'am. And one of the things we found, we've been pastoring for 21 yep. years, is we can always tell when people are getting offended with God yep. when people are sliding away because the word offends them. Yep. The word offends them. The word offends them. You know I can't let it go. Lali says I'm angry with God for taking my husband. God did not he take did, your husband. I know it feels that I, way. God did not take your husband. Take it. And I gotta teach it. Some of it is because we have this wrong theological approach yep. that because God is sovereign, that God is making every move, every decision. God in his sovereignty has given humanity choice because if he wasn't, none of us would ever disobey him. Come on. If he had sovereignty to make us behave. None of us would ever disobey him. But we do have the option to disobey him. So God is not taking family members. He's just not. And I know it can feel that way, but it's, it's, it's an attempt by the enemy to get you to feel angry or and offended, with, and God. offended with God. But all that does in the end is take you further away. Uh, it's, 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 and, it's, and we love you, sweet. We do. We love you. But but there's no way that we can let you have that because if so, it will wreck your life. It will wreck. And it's important to teach this. It's important to teach this. And I'm, you know, one of the things I really love about church like this, the ability to see people's comments yes. so you can stop yes. the teaching to deal with yes. the real issue. Yeah. Because what's the good in going on to the points yeah. if she if still she thinks, the broadcast, feeling, feeling like God took right. her husband? Well, and she may leave the broadcast feeling that way, but we have to at least say to her so she can hear it and get seated in her, sweetheart, God did not take your husband. Yes. So someone says, God is sovereign. Did I say this? I know it's how you feel, but we don't live by how we feel, and I need to walk y'all through this because there are a couple of people who have dealt with death here. Mm -hmm. The Bible tells us in John 10 and 10 that the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Who? Who comes? The enemy. Who? Who's the enemy? The devil. He comes to do what? The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Yes. God. Now, now your statement there is an appropriate statement. It feels that way. And I and I don't I don't discount how you feel at all because feelings 
are, are our emotions. But what we know about our emotions is that they're fickle. How do I know they're fickle? Because I'm sure at some time in your life, you watched a movie, a singular movie, and in that movie, you cried, you laughed, and you were angry, all in that same movie. Our emotions are fickle, so we can't be led by them. Because if we're led by them, we'll be tossed to and fro, like the wind comes and goes in every situation. And then your next statement says, I despise COVID. It took him and almost got me. I agree. I despise it too. But because I despise it, I use God's word to push it back off of my life and other people's lives. Almost 600,000 people just in America, just in America have died of COVID. And a lot of that came out of ignorance because people around this country uh, told lies about it not being real. People wouldn't listen to scientists, uh, even religious people who was talking about, I'm just protected, I'm just protected. They wouldn't listen to scientists. They wouldn't close down their churches. They didn't want to do something a different way. They wouldn't wear a mask. They wouldn't social distance. And as a result, when, when we disobey the medical professions whom God has blessed with knowledge, all we can get is death. And so that's why we say, listen, we've got to teach the word and people have got to love the word enough to understand that God gives wisdom and insight in all industries. You teach it, And baby. we need to listen to those experts. So the enemy, who comes to steal, the kill, and destroy? Enemy. If you go back to God's original intent, God's original intent in Genesis, there was no sickness, no and there disease. was no death, there was no disease. There was no poverty. There was no mental anguish. All of that came as the result of sin. Now, here is part of the biggest problem for us. Many of us did not grow up in homes that taught us to tap into the power of God. Yes, yes. So we knew him as a savior, but we didn't learn him as Jehovah Rapha. Nope. We didn't learn him as a provider. Nope. In the Old Testament, they had no revelation that there was a devil. That is why Jesus came yep. so that there would be a revelation that there is a devil and that that devil comes to steal, kill and destroy. It is important for us to understand. And I want you to hear this in life. Pastor Edwin and I, we've been praying for healing for people many, many years. Yep. We have won a lot and we have lost some. Yep. And this has to be your answer, guys. Jesus told us we would lay hands on the sick and they would recover. Yep. Jesus told us to do go and do greater works. So when we don't see the manifestation of the healing Jesus said, we have to press in and let him teach us why and not allow the enemy to manipulate us and make us think that the enemy did it. And I want to apologize it. because That's this it. is what people say. In our ignorance, we say things like this. Yep. God called your husband home because yep. he needed an angel. Lies. 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 We don't even become angels. We don't even become angels. We were created at a level above angels to begin with. We don't die and then go to a lower level to become angels. Because man is created in the image of God and angels are created to serve humanity. Yes. And so people say when we don't understand, and I literally was talking to Ashley Johnson yesterday and I said, you know what we should just say sometimes? We don't know. We don't know. We should say it's we okay don't know. Say, I don't we know why. I don't know we why it don't know. But if I keep living, I'm going to keep pressing in and finding out so I don't lose the next. But I'm going to press in so I don't yes. lose. And I'm going to tell you this because I feel I want to share this to anybody. When my grandmother died of cancer, everybody who knows me knows there was nobody I love more in my life than my grandmother. And I made a person, I, I made a personal attempt that I would learn how to operate in the principles. Yep. I'm so glad she's saying this. Why didn't God sustain him? 
part of the problem is in your perception and not just yours. It's been my perception. Yep. It's been your perception, yep. right? Even though you're in the body, if you don't know the word regarding a certain situation, you cannot put pressure on the enemy. Yep. So it is possible that your husband, any of us, knows God as, as, as Jesus, as the Savior, but you don't know him as Jehovah Rapha. Yep. Many believers right now could not name 15 healing scriptures That's if right. they had to. That's right. Could not name That's 15 right. provision scriptures and right you now. you cannot live out a word that you don't know. And I know that sounds brutal. It sounds mean for us to say it. But you she can, said help me. But she, you she cannot. You cannot live out a word you don't know. To say God is a healer and you say based on what? And then someone doesn't have the ability to tell you based on something. They don't really know if God is a healer. They're hoping he's a healer. But to know something is to know it intimately. That word to know is the same word in the Greek that means intercourse. It means to become int intimately entwined. I got to know that God is a healer. Based on what? What word tells me he's a healer? I need to be as saturated Come in on. that word and know as much about his word on healing as I know about myself. I have to know him. And I love this. And I, I, listen, I, I hope y'all not distracted by it. I hope you really are pressing into what she's saying. And I, I really, we can talk offline, but I want to walk you through this because this is public. She says, I pleaded with God. Mm -hmm. I don't mean no harm, sis. I prayed. Any, she said, I prayed over him. Oh. I pleaded oh, okay. with God. Yeah. Anytime we are pleading for anything, yeah. we are not in faith. And I know people don't like it, but we don't, we don't plead for faith. We don't plead. Faith, we believe. We, we anytime we're begging, yep. that means we we either don't trust the integrity of God's word, we don't trust the willingness of God's word, fear. or we don't we're trust the ability. Yes, yes. And so, and 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 I, I'm not trying to minimize. Absolutely your pain. not. I, I, Absolutely. I can not. imagine. We and we would, we would, we would, we don't mind. We will talk to you via Zoom. Talk to you offline. Because listen. I couldn't imagine the pain I would have if I lost my life partner. Understand. I, I, and I don't try to dismiss your pain or tell you you shouldn't feel pain. Absolutely, you do and you should. But we have to correct the notion of where that pain came from. Yes. It didn't come from God. It, God didn't inflict that on you. He didn't bring that to you. He didn't do that to you. And it's so important to understand when we are praying, guys. It is our responsibility is. to use God's word back to him. And we need to understand there are things we don't understand. Yes. There are things we don't understand. So, for example, I don't know this to be true in her situation, but I know this to be true, that I can be believing God for someone to live who in their heart has decided that they are tired of the pain yes. and they want to go yes. home. Yes. And I don't have a right to overthrow your will. Yes. And so what happens is I, I need us to understand this. So, again, this goes back to my point. I have to establish that I believe God is who he says he is, even when I don't get the results I wanted. Yep. And now I'm going to go back to God yes. and ask God to teach me what I missed what I didn't know so the next time I can get the victory. Now, it's an easy thing for healing, but you could take this same thing right here and say, why doesn't somebody have money when God says he sure. will provide? Yep. There are principles. 
There are principles to the promises of God. There there are principles. And and what we have to realize is that I love how you said that I go back to God and ask. Going back to God and asking is the difference in being humble and being offended. Yes. It's the difference in being humble and being offended. If you get offended with God, you will push everything that God has said to you away. You won't want to have anything to do with it. You become offended by the word. And then the very thing that you're disappointed about just gets multiplied in your life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so, again, it sent us a message. Um, You know, I'm I'm a preacher. Pastor Edwin is a teacher. But to get listen, but I'm telling you guys here and I want to tell all of you this. There are two things that you really need to be meditating on every single day if you don't meditate on nothing else. That is the healing promises of God and the protection promises of God every single day. And what happens for us a lot of times is because we're not built up um, in we're not built up in our faith. And what happens is we get a bad diagnosis, something happens and fear grips in, right? So every day, here are some simple things you can understand. Every believer ought to know Psalms 91. Yes. You ought to know Psalms 91. Intimately. Intimately. Psalms 91. And you ought to know at least three healing scriptures, read the gospels and you begin. And this is why it's so important. And I think we've done the body of Christ such a disservice when we haven't taught them to ask wisdom, to ask, ask wisdom, to ask God for wisdom, to ask God how, 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 how do we, how do we, how do we learn how to operate in faith? How do we release the power and presence of God? And, and, and Ashley said something to me yesterday. She says, we have to get dissatisfied enough with not seeing what God said, that it causes us to become relentless yeah. in our pursuit. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to address something? No, no. no okay. I mean, I mean, listen, I'll say this and then, and then I'll, we can go on. I'll let you do what you need to do. Lale, here's what I'll tell you. I, I do understand that what we're saying is hard to hear because of the pain you're feeling. And I, and I, and I, and I get that. And I don't discount that. We don't discount your pain. I would encourage you, though, that if you make the decision that you, you, you want to, to walk fully in faith and over this pain, we are here willing to help you do that. And, 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 I, and, I'm, and I, I'm making that commitment to you. We're here to willing to help you do that. What we, what, what we won't do, what we won't do is, is, is just let you um, continue in the pain. We will acknowledge the pain, but we also know that, that, that you, as, 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 and I don't want to be disrespectful, you're not the first or the last person to lose a spouse. You're not. And, and I'm telling you that God can help you if you will allow him. And Pastor Sean and I, we, we, we love you enough even though we don't know you like that, but we love you enough that we will take our time and help you walk through that because I would want someone to do that for me. And so that's, that's what I'll say. So now I want to use her example to say, this is why we should be relentless. Yes. And this is why we should be a people who say, I won't cave in and quit yes. because we've got to become a people that say, I am desperate to see what God said because it is not okay with me. 
that someone is in this kind of pain. Yes, yes. It is not okay with me that this many people die of cancer, COVID, HIV. Yep. It, is, it, it, it is going to drive me to sit at the feet of Jesus. I, I said this the other day, guys, and I want y'all to think about this. Many of us have gone to church many, many times. Yep. And never had the presence of God. Yep. You don't have to have the presence of God to have church. Yep. We have learned how to have great church yep. without the presence of God. We know how to have a Which good choir. Which is not choir. even a church. It's, it's just not, a gathering. It's just a, it's gathering. a good social gathering. We have learned how to have good music. Yep. We have learned how to put together messages. We have learned how to shout and entertain. Yep. But I believe God is raising up. That's why I got so excited about this teaching. God is raising up a people. I realize now why he wanted us to teach this. Yes. yes. I realize that. He's raising up a people that will say, I am not okay yeah. with what is happening in the world yeah. when you have told me there could yeah. be better. Yeah. And I am sitting at your feet. Yes. Take my life. I need somebody who feels this by faith. Yes. Take my life and do something with yes. this. Dismantle my religion. Dismantle my wrong thinking. Yeah. But I need to be a vessel that can minister your gospel. Mm -hmm. It is not, I need, I, I, I don't have time for theology that minimizes the power of God. I need this power in my life, yes. not just for yes. me, but because I am dissatisfied mm -hmm. with not seeing what God said. Jesus, as he is getting ready to ascend, he says, this is what I want you to do. I want you to lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Yeah. I want you to cast out devils. I want you to speak with new tongues. And if you drink any deadly thing, it will not hurt you. And I want you to make disciples. Disciples are not people who are just saying they no, love Jesus. He would have used the word clones. He, said, he didn't use the word clones. He said disciples. So I want you to make people who also know how to lay hands on the sick yes. and see them recover, who also know how to speak with new tongues, yes. who also know how to cast out devils, and who also knows that if any deadly thing touches them, they will not die from it. There has to be a people of God who will say, I must have that for yes, my life. Absolutely. Is it anybody in the comments willing to say, anybody been so shifted today that you say, I must have that? I must have that. It is more important than my joint agenda. It is more important than any dream that I have. I must see your glory in my life because I am discontent with church that does not produce freedom in the lives of the people of God. Yes. Take my life and do something. Take my life and do something with That's it. it. That's I it. must have that. I must have that. And God will do it because the scripture even says in Psalms 46 and 1 that God is our refuge and strength. He says, always ready to help in times of trouble. If you say, God, take my life and do something with take it. Take my life. God will take your life. Not only will he do something in you, he'll do something through you, and then he'll do something for you. God will take your life if you will lay it down and give it to him. I, I mean, it's, yes. it's, it's, I love it. Second Thessalonians three and three says, "But the Lord is faithful. faithful. The he Lord is faithful. is faithful. Who shall establish you, or who shall establish you and keep you from evil? The Lord. How? Because you're going to give Him your life. I'm giving you my whole, my whole life. life. Do do what you will with it, Lord, so that I can then do what? Be a blessing to others. One of the scriptures I meditate God. on. I, I'm, I'm so glad you picked this. Is what we should talk about. <laughs> Um, the Holy Ghost really led you to this place because there, because it is not 
I love what Pop said. He said, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. Take my life. Yes. Take my life Take and do my something life and with do it. Something We've got to shift from being people who just want to go to heaven, but we want to live the way that we yes. want to live. We've got to become people who are fully surrendered vessels so God can use us at any time and any moment. One of the scriptures that I meditate on is that the Bible says that Peter and John were so filled with the spirit of God that their shadows yes. heal people. Yes. We have got to say, God, I'm you, you can yes. no, 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 no. Take all every mm -hmm. dream, yep. every vision, every agenda. Take it all. Because if you said this should be on a believer's life. I am not content with it not being on my life. And the truth of it is, the Bible says, it says, they that hunger and thirst after righteousness mm -hmm. shall be filled. And the truth of it is, is that many of us, we haven't been hungry for the power right. of God. We haven't been hungry to be able to say, listen, I need the word flowing out of my mouth yep. that if I meet a woman in Walmart and she was thinking about suicide, just even in my hello to her, your peace will encounter her. Yeah. It needs to be something on my life. We've got to shift Christianity from just trying to be good people to being power-filled people who release the glory of God. Now, I want to use this scripture for um, the Hebrews 10 and 21 through 23. It says, and having a high priest mm. over the house of God, mm -hmm. let us draw near with a true heart of assurance of faith, mm -hmm. having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies Washed with pure water. Let us hold fast to the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promise. Yep. And I want to apologize to everybody who grew up in a powerless church yep. because you never should have grown up in a church that signs and wonders weren't normal. Yep. You never should have grown up in a church that people stay on the sick and shut in list for 20, 10 and 20 years. You never should have grown up in a church where you were taught to beg God for what you should stand in faith and receive. And I want to I want to apologize to you for growing up in a powerless yep. church. And I want to invite you into a a new journey mm -hmm. where you say to God, take my life and do something with it. Yes. Take my life and do something with it. Listen, it's important for us to understand that being a take believer and, 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 and giving your life to Christ does not hear me exempt you from life's challenges. It does not mean that you won't have problems you're going to have to face. In fact, sometimes life for the believer can be extremely difficult. Why? Because the enemy wants to come to steal, to kill, and to destroy all of those things we talked about. He wants to cause discouragement to come into your life. So as a believer, you have to know that, yes, you're going to be challenged. I use this analogy, and it's almost like a sports analogy. Imagine being the number one person in any given sport. Everybody wants to beat you. Everybody wants to come for you. Everybody wants your spot. You are number one in the kingdom when the enemy looks at you. He, he, he wants to be where you were, but he can never be. So what he wants to do is get you to leave your pedestal where God has placed you. And he wants to put you over there with him. He's coming for you. And so light. And Jesus told us, he says, in this world, you will be what? 
you'll have what? Troubles. He said, but don't worry because why? I've already overcome them all. And so you have to understand that in life, there are going to be difficulties. There are going to be disappointments. But God has warned us that there would be trials to go through. But when we come into these opportunities to be tempted, we don't have to take them. God doesn't punish us. He encourages us. So when everything's going on around you and it seems like you're being punished, you're listening to the wrong voice. You, God is an encourager. God is an encourager. God never leaves us. He never abandons us. He never forsakes us. He, he, he doesn't do any of those things that the enemy wants us to feel like he does, but he wants us to feel like that. So we will respond based on our emotions. So we'll give up, we'll cave in, we'll quit, and we will literally delete the promises of God out of our life. And, you know, one of the things, even for the young lady who was on Lolly and then Lynn, who I think she had posted that she lost her mother. Here is how much God loves us, even in our pain, even in our pain, when we're confused and angry and disappointed and grieving and all of that stuff. He loves us so much that he will have someone teach a message that they don't even know why they're teaching to bring them out of that place. Because even yes. when we are frustrated and aggravated with God, the Bible says if we make our own bed in hell, mm -hmm. he will come and get us. So if life circumstances cause us to be in hell, he will come and get us. And you need to understand that God loves us deeply. And God also, he loves us deeply. And he also wants to teach us how to live in his kingdom so we can be overcomers in spite of what happens in life. Listen, Isaiah 41 and 10, the scripture you read. The yes. You need to, you need to, to pin that one. And if there's one more I'd have you to pin, it'd be John 16 and 33. Ooh. John 16 and 33 says these things, this is Jesus speaking. He says, these things have I spoken unto you that in me, you might have what? Peace, Peace, which means what? Nothing, nothing missing and, and nothing broken. broken. He says, in me. Now, in the world, I can't promise you that's how it's going to always be. But as long as you're in the world and you're in me, you can be in the world with all kinds of trouble and still find peace. He says, these things have I spoken unto you that in me you might find peace. Nothing missing, nothing broken. He says, now in the world, you shall have tribulation. He says, but even during those times of tribulation, be of good cheer. Why? Because I have overcome the world. And you say, well, why is that? Why should I be happy about Jesus overcoming the world? Because I'm in him. him. I'm in him. Because you're in him. <laughs> and if you're in him, that's why you have peace. That's why you have nothing missing. That's why you can lose a job and not lose your mind. It's why you can lose a spouse and not lose your mind. It's why you can lose a parent and not lose your mind. It's why you can get sick and not lose your mind. Why? Because in spite of all that you're going through, you're in him. I want y'all to lay your hands on your head if you're not driving. Lay your hands on your head and I want you to say this. I want you to say, Holy Spirit, open my eyes to see what keeps me stuck. Mm. Open my, open eyes, my eyes to see, to see what, keeps me stuck. what keeps me stuck. What do I mean? Whatever is keeping me at just being a good Christian, mm. whatever is keeping me at just being an average believer, at being a moral person. Set me free. Set me free. <clears throat> Open my eyes to see. Yes. I need to see. The Bible tells us over and over again that our ability to have spiritual sight, 
I, I, I want to use this illustration. We talked about this. I heard a preacher say this the other day. Man, it was such a blessing to me. He says, we need to understand that the word of God was written by men, but it was authored by the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. And he says, when we have a lot of word and we don't have the spirit, what we end up with is being religious. Yeah. So we know just like the Pharisees yeah. were. The Pharisees knew all the we know written when word. to pray. We know how to pray, but ain't no power associated. But ain't no power. The Pharisees, they knew all the rules, yeah. but they couldn't recognize power when it showed up, right? Now, the on the other side, if you have just the spirit, then people typically end up in error. There is nowhere in the Bible where it asks us to choose. So think of it like this. Your Bible, it is the textbook. Yeah. And the Holy Spirit Come on, is, is the, the, lecturer the lecturer that wrote the textbook. Mm -hmm. So when we study scripture, when we listen to messages, when we listen to devotionals, when we're talking to God, we don't need to do it without the word yes. or without the spirit. Yes. One of the reasons that people are so stuck is that they're either high signs and wonders, mm -hmm. they're high prophetic words with no foundation of the written word, or they're people who love, love, love the word, but they don't love the manifestation of the spirit. And we're telling you, you need both. You need both. You need it, word and wonders. And I'm word and, oh, put that in you the comments. Need word, word and, and wonders. And I'm going to prove it to you. I'm going to prove it to you. Jesus, the Bible tells us that Jesus was the word who became flesh, yep. but Jesus himself never did one miracle until he was baptized by John mm. and the spirit descended on him. Yep. So if Jesus needed to be filled with the Holy Ghost and listen to the Holy Ghost and be led by the Holy Ghost. Mm -hmm. He was the word, yes. but it took that supernatural power of the Holy Spirit on him. Yes. So wherever we are out of balance, all of these, I'm just about the word. All of these, I'm just about the spirit. How about we merge the two so we can get word and wonders? And now we begin to define our life by what, what God says, not what the world says. And that's the thing that anchors us and causes us to be steadfast, even in times of trouble, so we don't quit. And that is literally the thing that causes our mindset to begin to change. Yes. When we understand we need word and wonder, when we begin to practice, I listen, I get the practicality of God's word, but I also allow for supernatural interventions to yes. happen in any area of my life. It begins to change our mindset. And then we stop having these seasons in our lives where we're thinking about quitting. Come on. You know, one of the things we taught our kids early, early on was if they started a sport or they started in band or they started some activity you might not love that activity forever but you had to finish the season you had to finish you, the season we, because you don't allow yourself to start quitting things because the more you start to quit you know what the easier it becomes the easier it becomes to quit so if i can quit on god today the next time this hardship comes you know what it is it's easier to quit and then before i know it i'm giving up at every little obstacle everything that steps in my way and it's not just about god it leads into other areas in my life when things get hard at my job i quit things get hard in my marriage i quit things get hard with my kids i quit parenting things get hard in this area You're i quit i just give up because i'm so used to quitting and god has given us instruction that we are not to 
quit. Literally, if we quit in our minds, we will eventually quit in our lives. That's where quitting starts. People don't just wake up one morning and go, okay, I want a divorce. They, they've broken up in that relationship in their mind months, years before they've ever made the decision to actually leave. That's so good. And people don't just quit on God. They don't. They, keep they have to meditated. They have meditated yes, on how God abandoned yes, them. They have meditated yeah. on how God yeah. doesn't love them. Yeah. And then it'll literally be I somebody. God, I see how God do it for other people, you know, but they still going to church, but you don't feel nothing no more. And I ain't got time for the word because I spent all my time reading this word. It didn't really produce nothing for me anyway. Maybe it doesn't take all that. I mean, it's a slow, gradual discouragement that the enemy wants to bring to you. And that is why you have to guard your heart. Yeah. I love Hebrews 12, 1 and 3. Me too. It says, therefore, excuse me, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge cloud of witnesses yes. to the life of faith, let us strip, strip off every, every weight that, that slows us down, especially, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. Before us. Is it, is it, go ahead. We do this by keeping our eyes where? On Jesus. On where? On Jesus. We keep our eyes on, on Jesus, Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Yes. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding his shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. I, I read something the other day that I was reading this. The scripture and a guy was explaining when that, that scripture is when it, when it says that now it says it says because of the joy awaiting him he said that is us living out what he has produced for us yes that yes. that was he went to the cross and i thought wow jesus went to the cross because he knew he was going to receive joy yes and that that joy was going to be me living a god-filled life that was making him happy and I thought about yesterday when we got together and we did the thing for Mama saying how she was so happy, but we were all as happy as she was. That was the joy. And I thought, man, that is what Jesus, Jesus wants that same joy in seeing us live out our life the way we were supposed to. It makes him as happy as it made us when we did something good for somebody. You know, and I really love this scripture right here. You know, this is one of my favorite scriptures. And, and for years I have taught when you see this scripture right here to think about running the four by 100 race. Mm -hmm. It says, let us run this race. And this is why I think is one of the things that's really a disservice to how we've done Christianity in America. Mm -hmm. Christianity in America is very individualized. Mm -hmm. It is about my own desires, my own wants, and my own whatever, right? But we are actually running a race that generations have run before mm -hmm. us, right? And you know that no matter how fast you are, you can't run all the legs on a relay. You, can. you cannot run you all can. the race. Not and win. Not and win. <laughs> you got to be able to pass that stick to someone. Yes. And I remember the Lord saying to me years ago, you may not know, you know you aren't the first leg, but you don't know which leg you are. Mm. And that's why there's a great cloud of witnesses. There are people who have already finished their assignment. They're like Jesus. They finished their assignment. They're now looking over the Colosseum windows of heaven cheering into the earth on. realm, cheering us on. Yes. Family members who have prayed for us to be where we are now. 
that divine and destiny teachers, different people, people generationally who prayed for yeah. us, who never met us, yeah. great, great, great yeah. parents who never, who said, God, do something great in my lineage. And now it's our responsibility to throw aside every weight and part of weights is wrong teaching. That's right. Siobhan. Don't don't drop the baton. Don't drop the baton. Don't right. drop that don't stick. Drop it. It's our job now to say, God, it's my turn to run this leg. But here is why we got to get off a gospel that's just about us. Not only are there some people who've already run counting on me, there are some people who are waiting on me to get to the right destination. And I really do believe that when the church will understand that it's not just about us. It's not just about what I want and what I want to do and where I want to live and what I want to happen and how I think this thing should play out. This desire, this temptation not to quit is for people who have said my life belongs to you and I'm running this leg, this race for your glory, yes. not my own. Yes. Not so my own name can be great. I'm thankful yep. for every blessing you yep. give me. Yep. I'm thankful for every door you open. But what I'm telling you is that I am running this race so that God's will can be performed. Yep. Yep. That's what that, that's how I'm living my life. And and we serve a God who gives us that kind of endurance. Yes. He says, run the race with endurance. Endurance. In other words, be strong. Where do we get that strength from? We get it from the word. We get, we it, get from it from God word. himself. We serve a God who never gives up, who never caves in, who never quits. And whenever we feel like quitting, we can draw on his power. We can always wait on God. And when I say wait on God, I don't mean not doing anything. I mean being in his presence to look at him and to consult him before pursuing any human aid. Sometimes we want we want people to come to our rescue and we're looking for people, but we need to look to God and God to decide what people to use in our Amen. Lives. Amen. You know, that, I want to look at Isaiah 40, 28 through 31 real quick because it's such a great scripture. It says, has thou not known, has thou not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, he does not faint. Neither does he grow weary. So you don't have to. So no matter how many times you have to go to God, you ain't wearing God out. You know, you know, your parents used to tell you you're wearing out your welcome if you keep going over somebody's house or they say, don't ask me again because you're wearing me out. Listen, you can if, if you don't understand something. I tell people all the time. God can handle your questions. God can handle your questions. You want to type that in the comment section. Say God can handle my questions. You can always go to God. He does not get weary. You will not wear him out. It says there is no searching. Of his understanding. In other words, you can't exhaust everything that God knows. You, if you ask him every question you could ever think of, you wouldn't scratch the surface of what he knows. He says, There is no searching of his understanding. He giveth power to the faint. Praise God. No, no, hold on. He giveth power, power to the faint. So if you feel like quitting, but you go to him, he'll he'll give you power. He'll give you power. It's, it's, it's like when you're playing a video game and your power run down and you gotta go over something to get rebooted. You go over to God, he'll reboot your power like he you will just reboot your power. He gives power, power. to the faint. Yes. And so the, you feel faint right now? Come on. Ask him for the come power. On. Say God energize me. Energize I me. I know it may sound strengthen silly to you, but me. God strengthen me. Give me power, God. I don't want to quit. I feel like quitting, but I ain't going to quit. So God energize me. Now, you've taught me this, so here's a practical application. How ways God gives power? Prayer. Prayer. The word. Yep. Worship. Yep. So you need, you need some power? Prayer. The word. 
Worship. And when we say worship, it don't have to just be singing a song. You can just begin to stand up if you're not driving wherever you are and just begin to recall everything God's done for you. You yes. just begin to rehearse what God has done for you. You begin to say, God, I thank you. God, I appreciate you. God, I know I've had some disappointments, but I can list all of my all of my uh, all of my accomplishments, everything you've done for me. And just start focusing on those things rather than what you don't have. And you will feel your power button. Yeah, being, being yeah, yeah, yeah. He says. He's gives power to the faint and to them that have no might, he, he will increase your strength. strength. So yes. you feel bad. It's the reason that in our family, we taught our kids this and we've seen it happen because we've done it in our own life. Well, we don't feel, we, we, get, we call it challenge in our body. We don't say sick. We have a challenge in our body. And when we have a challenge in our body, what do we do? We start to use the word. We start to pray. We, we say all those healing scriptures. What are we doing? We are allowing him to give us strength in our body because we're praying, we're worshiping, we're doing those things that, that, that increases that power button. We've taught our kids this from an early age. Number one, like you said, we don't say we're sick. We say we're challenged in our right. body because Jesus has already secured our healing. Yep. But if you come and tell us you got a headache, you got a stomach ache, you got a leg ache, whatever, we're going to take care of you naturally. And we're going to tell you, you go in your room, you put those healing yes. scriptures on yes. and you let the word yes. do and its work. And you thank God for your healing. You thank even God while you're laying there. Absolutely. Thank God for his healing. Absolutely. He says, even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young man shall utterly fall. He says, but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. And that don't mean just sitting by not doing anything. I'm waiting on the Lord as I'm laying in the bed hurting, but I'm but I'm calling his, his word to remembrance. I'm thanking him for, for, for being already healed. He says, but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. Praise God. Tell your neighbor, say, I don't I don't faint. I don't faint. Ain't no quitting me. You know, one of the things I like about doing life with you is ain't no quitting me. I, I, it ain't no quitting him. And, and when you got two people where they ain't got no quitting them, the Bible says where two or three are gathered together in my name, I'll be in the midst of them. If you ain't got no quitting, I ain't got no quitting. God's in the middle of this. We are unstoppable. I want you guys to understand there are battles we have won simply because we wouldn't bow. We wouldn't bow. We wouldn't bow. We wouldn't give up. And, and, and I want you to hear this. It doesn't mean that we may not have cried. It doesn't mean that we may not have felt discouragement. We may have even felt like quitting. We may have felt like quitting. But the one thing, I will take you over anybody in this world. Because when we hear from God, we become relentless. We're like pit bulls. We are. If we latch on to God's word, you you can't pry it out of our mouth. You can't you can't you can't get that word out of our mouth. When when God tells us He's going to do something for us, or we can have something, yes, it can be frustrating not to see it as fast as you want. But baby, as long as we're still alive around the ground, we're gonna see it. We're gonna see it because we're, we're relentless it. when it comes to that. We're going to see it. I just feel like people being stared up right now. They're, anybody receiving strength right now? We serve a God that doesn't cave in. He doesn't give up. He doesn't quit. Even when mankind sinned, he said, I'm not going to leave you like you are. I'm going to restore you. I'm going to bring you back to me. Then he says, you're created in my image. So if God don't quit, how can I quit? And here's the beautiful thing. I don't even have to get the strength from myself. I just got to decide I'm going to obey God. And he released his supernatural strength. Listen to this, guys. Jesus was raised from the dead mm -hmm. by the Holy Ghost. Mm -hmm. 
dead. Yep. He was dead. Yep. Say dead, y'all. He was dead. Dead. Right. He was raised from the dead by the Holy Ghost. Yep. You do not have a situation that the Holy Ghost can't bring you out of. No, you don't have a situation. You don't have a situation. I don't care how dead you think it is. And the reason, and, and, and here, this is so good. Let's look at 2 Corinthians 4, 1, 16 through 18 in the New Living Translation. Look, look here's, here, here's, just listen to this. You got to read verse this, 1 this goes, Well, I'm, I'm going to read it out of the New Living Translation. I'm going to read 4, okay. out of the New Living Translation. But look what it says. It says, therefore, because this goes perfectly with what you're saying. Listen, let me slow down. There is no situation that is dead in your life that God cannot resurrect. I don't care how the enemy told you it would never happen. If God promised it, he's a resurrection God. It says, 2 Corinthians 4.1, Therefore, since God in his mercy has given us this new way, we never give up. Period. That's on everything. Period. We never give up. He says that is why we never give up. Though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every day. So we're getting older, but our spirits are getting stronger every day. It says for our present troubles are small and won't last very long. Yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. Verse 18 says, so we don't look at the troubles we see now. Rather, there you go, what you just said. We fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen. For the things we see now will soon be gone. But the things we can't see, those things of faith, they're going to last forever. They're going to last forever. And then in Psalms 27 and 13, and we can end with this unless you got something else you want to say. It says, yet I am what? Confident. Confident of what? That I'm, I will I see, see the Lord's goodness. When? While I am here in the land of the living. That is the reason I say that we like a pet bull. If God makes us a promise, we ain't leaving this earth till we see it. He, he, if we stick with God, he's going to bring it to pass. He is good because, and I'm confident of it. I'm confident. Not because of my education, not because of my network, not because of my gender, not because of my race. I am confident because whatever God has promised, he is faithful to perform. God is not a man that he should lie. Nope, he's not. Nor the son of man that he should repent. If God if said, said it, he should surely. Listen, we want you guys to be full of glory to God. It'll change your entire life. We don't Woo. want you to just go to church. We don't even want you My to just goodness. listen to us. We want you to get so full of the word that you days. begin to have Holy Ghost encounters that literally change the way you live. Yes. As we get ready to go, I love what Bita said. She said, and that's on everything. That's on everything. And that's on everything. That's on Mary and her little I want to pray. I feel led today. I want to pray as we close today. Number one, if you want to give your life to the Lord, today is the day to do it, baby. My Come goodness. on. Yes. If you've been in a backslidden state because you was out here disappointed. Just her, jump you know, out of it today. No, no. Jump up out, jump, jump up, up out, out of that and come home, come home. Because one of the strategies of the enemy really is to get you. And I want you to think about this. The enemy is very crafty as this. He wants to get you by yourself. Yes. Because think about in the wild, when lions are trying to kill an animal, they look for the weak, the one, weak one and they isolate yep. and they circulate. Yep. But one of the things I love about elephants, I believe the saints ought to mm -hmm. be more like elephants, mm -hmm. is that elephants will literally surround the weak elephant yep. and begin to throw dust yep. so that the lion 
cannot find the weak element. Yep. But that will only work if the weak elephant will stay in the midst of the strong elephant. It on. will only work come on. if the weak elephant refuses because he says too much dust. I don't want all that noise and goes off by himself. He becomes a victim. Understand the strategy of the enemy is to get you by yourself. And many of you, yes, My you God. are born again. And if you die today, you are going to heaven. But in truth, your life is racked with hell because you live independently by yourself. Mm. You need to come and let some elephants, some strong faith people throw some dust over you and cover you up until you are strong again. Wow. You need to come home. You have been backslidden too long. And in fact, I'm talking to somebody, you're a woman. The Holy Spirit has told you to come home because the enemy literally seeks to take your physical life. You need to come home. I am compelling you by the Spirit of God, God. to come home. Come Everybody home. who's praying, I want come you to begin to pray right now. now. Come home now in the name of Jesus. There are some of you, you grew up in churches that did not teach about the filling of the Holy Spirit. You need to be filled with Come the Holy on. Spirit because you do not hear God yes. on a day-to-day -day basis. Every believer, because of the blood of Jesus, you have a right to hear God speak. Yes. You don't just need to hear God speak about big things. You need to know how to avoid traffic accidents. Yes. You need to know yes. where, what, which Walmart got the toilet paper. Yes. You need to know that somebody is somebody that you shouldn't date before you marry to them. You need to hear God. So if you're believing God, we want to agree with you. Holy Spirit, the people who are saying they want to be filled, do it now because it's a gift that you have freely given to us to receive. And then lastly, I want to pray for restoration. Those of you who have been tormented, those of you who have been have had loss, cycles of life, right loss. Right now, I plead the blood of Jesus over you and I declare that the cycle of loss ends today in the name of Jesus. We come with the blood covenant and we declare no more loss. Not only no more loss, but according to the blood covenant, we declare restoration where your people are broken in finances, in body, in soul, yes. in heart, in family. We yes. release the blood of the covenant. We release the power of God to work on their behalf. And we declare even this week there will be testimonies. Amen. Even this week there will be testimonies. Even today there will be testimonies. Even right now, someone you have a blood clot, that blood clot is moving it is dissolving even now by the power of God. You are not just going to be a regular believer who's trying to be a nice person. You're going to live as a representation of the glory of God and your life is going to be a testimony of his goodness. We pray this all and we seal it with the blood of the lamb. I need y'all to, as we getting ready to go to our next service, I need y'all to give God some praise. Yes, give God, give some, God praise. some praise. Listen, if this message has been a blessing to you, you know that you can always sow into this ministry. We believe that we're good ground. We believe that the word of God that we share is designed to break people free. And I saw someone ask that question. They said, how can I sow into this? Well, let me see if I can find this announcement up here and I'll show you. You can see there are multiple ways to give and here they are. Uh, you can give through Givelify. You can give through Pushpay, through Tidally, Text to Give, or you can give through PayPal at focchurchnwa at gmail.com. Listen, we love you guys. 
Lali, if you're still here, our invitation still stands. Reach out to us. You can find me on Messenger. I, I typically respond fast in that way on Facebook Messenger. But listen, we would love to be uh, to be there for you, to walk you through uh, the pain that I know you must be feeling with the loss of your husband. Again, we we, we, we send you our deepest condolences. We love you, but I'm telling you, your latter days can be greater. I know it doesn't feel that way today, but your latter days can be greater. God is not through with the things he wants to do in your life if, 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 you'll, if you'll open your heart and let it. Amen? So, all right, we're about to go. We're about to get out of here. Uh, we'll see you guys next. Don't forget the scholarship Sunday. phone. Don't, oh, yeah, Don't listen, forget the scholarship phone. I didn't phone. give an update, but we're we're right still at it, right about $35,000, $36,000. Last time I looked, uh, we've raised the first $10,000, and then we raised another $10,000, which puts it at $20,000. We uh, have qualified now for the $10,000 matching grant, which is $30,000, and we've raised an additional five or 6000 over that. So, we're about we're about fourteen to fifteen thousand dollars away from our overall goal. We're not even halfway through the month, but there are some of you out there. Uh, you know, you may have gave the first time, but but the Lord wants you to, to to give a significant gift to the scholarship fund. I don't know what that is. I don't know who that is, but I want you to obey God. I want you to hear God, and I want you to obey God. Help us do this godly project and get these kids to and through college debt free. And if you'll do that, I'm telling you, there's a blessing attached to that, not only because you're obedient, but God says that if you bless those uh, who are in need, that he will repay you. Amen. And so we appreciate you guys being here. We're going to go uh, over to the Family Life Center and we're going to teach about how God wants us to prosper. Amen. Amen. Teach about yourself. Well, I'm going to teach you about how God wants you to prosper. Amen. God bless y'all. Y'all have a great week. Bye-bye.